Welcome to Travel Unites Us, a podcast featuring stories straight from the heart of travel. I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'll be your co-pilot on this journey. My friend Rich D'Ambrosio and I started Travel Unites Us to share the human stories from real travelers, stories that get to the heart of who they are and what they do. Rich will be your host on this episode. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community. We are live this morning with Ali Reza, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, but Ali's probably going to have to correct my very poor, as he taught me Spanish, <laughs> it's Nahostian. Yeah, it's good. Hello. Am I close? <laughs> <laughs> and Ali, you are, you are live from, how do you pronounce the name of your city? Uh, I'm, I'm from Yazd. Yazd. Yazd, yeah. Iran, and Ali, um, we have a special guest uh, on the call today, un, um, unexpectedly. Marguerite, okay. are you there? Okay, sure. Yeah, please. Marguerite, can, I can't hear you. Can you? I, I hear like you barely. Is there, if there's any way for you to... No, if there's I any way for you to dial back in, Marguerite. Marguerite, as you know, Ali, is one of your past guests. She lives in Austria, and we're trying to patch her in from Austria to say hello. So, Marguerite, I don't know if, if your son is there with you, if he can try to get you to log out and try to log back in again. Maybe that'll work, because I can see you, but I can't hear you very well. Okay, we'll see what they can do. So, Ali... Tell me a little bit about yourself first. Um, you know, how long have you lived in the city that you've lived? Um, how did you, you know, what, what was your life before being in tourism and now today as you're a part of this ecosystem that bonds okay. all? Okay, sure. Uh, so my name is Ali Reza. You can call me as Ali. Uh, I was born in Yaz. I'm 30 years old and uh, actually... Uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, I was sent to the English institutes <laughs> because learning English at a school in Iran is not really working. It's all about grammar, memorizing the vocabulary, and you cannot really talk or engage with this language. Right. So some uh, private English institutes, thanks to those private English institutes that I started to learn English, and then I started to fall in love with this uh, language English I love it so much uh, and then I was accepted English literature for BA so four years in university mm -hmm. I actually hated literature but there was, <laughs> there was no other chances to continue learning English you know at university that was the only alternative the only right. chance did, did you? Uh, so, what, yeah. what were you thinking you were going to do with that degree? Were you thinking you were going to use that degree to get into tourism? Uh, uh, at first, it was not about the tourism. Mm -hmm. At first, uh, I didn't have no idea. I was only I was only nineteen years old, so I had at that time I had no idea about the tourism. Uh -huh. uh, as I started my university, just from the first uh, semester. Uh, I got to know about a tourism institute and they were talking, some of the classmates, they were talking about some 
tourist guide classes, courses. Right. So I took part uh, in those classes. And so at the same time I was studying in university, I also started working as a tourist guide. It's a, like a part-time job. Right. Yeah. And after four years, uh, I was deciding to continue my education for master's. So I chose tourism management. So I shifted the subject from English literature to my favorite subject, finally, <laughs> the tourism. Uh, so un until that time, I had like four years background as a tourist guide. And then I continued my education. I also I continued working as a guide. Uh, and then totally I worked like uh, 10 years in, as a tourist guide. Uh, I was more specialized in handling the incoming tours to Iran. So right. I had the tourists from almost all around the world. Okay. I had uh, some tourists from United States, from Japan, Russia, uh, European. Most of the, my tourists were from Europe, and on the top of that, they were Germans and uh, French. That is the you know, highest numbers. So, yeah. so now your city, how far of a drive is it from Tehran? It's about 600 kilometers. Okay. Yeah, it's close to seven hours drive. Seven hours drive. So um, I have only been introduced to Iran through news reports and through the wonderful Rick Steves documentary, which did not go to Yazd. Um, Yazd. Um, tell us a little bit about your city. What, what is it like there? It's in the desert, right? It's in the mountain plateau desert area. What's it like living there? How old is it? What was the history behind it? Uh, okay, if you look at the map of Iran, just at the center of the map, you see my city, Yazd. Uh, from three sides, it's surrounded by desert. Mm -hmm. And from southwest, it's surrounded uh, by mountains. It's very dry and warm. During the summer, it gets to sometimes 45 centigrades. So it's a, like a real <laughs> hell. <laughs> I do not recommend you to visit my beautiful city during summer at all. <laughs> there is a risk. <laughs> do not visit Yaz during summertime. But spring and fall, these are the two uh, loveliest seasons mm -hmm. that we also receive the majority of tourists. Right. And so what are... So what are the optimal times to come? Spring and fall? Yeah, yeah. Th these are the best time. These are the best time to visit my beautiful city. And how old is your city? How many years old? Uh, it's, it's almost, uh, the city almost uh, uh, 1,000 years old. Wow. And yeah, it's a historical city. In 2017, it was... Uh, recognized as the World Heritage Site by UNESCO. Yes. And it's a big honor for us. Yes. <laughs> Currently in, the, in Iran, we have uh, 24 sites registered by UNESCO as the World Heritage Site, and Yaz is one of them. Right. 
And now it's interesting, you and I were discussing the other day when we first met, that um, there are, it's also the home to the Zoroastrians. That is, is that where the, the, the faith began? Uh, uh, one, of, one of the honor that this, this city has is the peaceful coexistence of the different uh, religions over time in the history. And uh, the famous religion uh, that are very, very active in Yaz is the, the community of Zoroastrians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that from the, uh, they are the home of the Zoroastrian from the third century. The third century, got it. Yes. The population and, uh, of Yaz now it's half a million, but uh, now it is only less than 10,000. Zoroastrians remain. Uh, <laughs> most of them, they moved, they scattered in different cities, right. like Tehran. So tell me a little bit about your city. Why would somebody like Marguerite go there? What, um, what, what seems to draw people to want to visit your city? And what, what do they experience, not just in the sights that they see, but the flavors that they taste? Are there unique things about the cuisine, and about the culture, like the Zoroastrians, because, I mean, I've never met a Zoroastrian, and I don't know that I would ever know, you know, what their religion was about, much but learning from you. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Sure. Uh, Let me have a a short introduction of this religion, Zoroastrians. It is actually the oldest religion in the world, uh, which believes in unique God. Mm -hmm. So the prophet... uh, Zorast or Zartosht, he was born something like 1700 BC on northwest of Iran near the lake Chichast. Nowadays, it's, it's uh, the famous Urumiya Lake. It's the biggest salt lake in the world. Ah. On northwest of, yeah, it's on the northwest of Iran in the uh, Turkish speaking part. So th- that prophet was born there and then he moved uh, to the nature. He received a lot of inspirations, and little by little, he, he had a lot of uh, followers. And nowadays, in the world, India uh, has the biggest, uh, actually, community of the Zoroastrians. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, until 7th century, this religion was the main religion of Iran. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until 7th century. In the uh, 7th century, the Arabs, they invaded Iran. Right. So uh, a, a lot of Zoroastrians, they started to escape to India. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them, they moved to Yazd because Yazd uh, has a, a difficulty of access. It's surrounded by desert. It's very hot. This is the city that in the history, the kings used to sent some prisoners on exile <laughs> to torture to torture them because of the horrible weather sounds like the, australia <laughs> <laughs> the way the british took their prisoners and sent them to australia <laughs> exactly uh, so the arabs they couldn't really access to the zoroastrian in yaz so they remained in uh, yaz and uh, in Yaz nowadays, we have some beautiful attractions belonging to this minority. 
Right. Like the famous one is the Tower of Silence. Tower of uh, Silence. Later, yeah, later if we have time, just quickly I can show you uh, some of the pictures by sure. sharing my screen. Please do, yeah. <laughs> sure. Should I share it now or yeah. at the end of I'm going to make time? sure that you have sharing rights. So um, let me make sure that you are set up for that. Okay. I think you are. Can I try it now? You should be. Okay, let me see. So it's share screen. Yep, that little yellow button at the bottom. So let me try. There we go. Yep. Can you see my screen? I can see your screen. So I see your phone. And there we are. I see a bunch of pictures. Yep. Okay. Oh my goodness, they're gorgeous. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so this is the Tower of Silence. Oh okay. my goodness. Can you see this? Yes, uh, I can. It's beautiful. Uh, you see the people they are climbing up. This is Going a, like up the a, pathway. Yep. Yeah. This is a hill. Uh, this is the place that until 50 years ago they used to carry the corpses, the dead bodies, to the top of the tower. And then they leave the body there so the birds, like vultures, could come and eat the body. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was practiced by Zoroastrians until right. 50 years ago. But nowadays they have uh, their own symmetry, just like uh, we, just right. like Muslims. Like the Muslims they bury one. Yep. They, yeah, they bury what are those buildings? What are those buildings at the bottom? A good question. Uh, this Tower of Silence uh, was located in the remote place, far from the city, right. because they they didn't want uh, the pollution goes to the city. Okay, uh, so uh, the caravan or those, I mean, the people who were carrying the dead body in the funeral, they should take something like fifteen kilometers. Uh, to reach to this place. Uh -huh. So it was uh, like uh, a trip in a dry desert. And once they uh, arrive here, they yeah. need a shelter. They need, uh, you know, a shadow, right. a place to rest, and also a, a place uh, to catch the water. Uh, it's very interesting about my city that I should introduce... Uh, Kanat. Kanat is the you underground know, I mean, channel water system. Yeah. Sorry. I have to say hello and I also have to say goodbye. My son oh. is coming. Marguerite, oh. we can hear you. Hello. You? Hello, hey, hello. Marguerite. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. Thank you very much, dear. Marguerite, Ali. thank you so Sorry, much for joining you. us. Can I just ask you quickly, Marguerite, when did you meet Ali? When did was you go there? April last year, April 2019, and it uh -huh. was the best holiday so ever I had. It was my pleasure to have you. Hopefully next year again, dear Ali. Yeah? My pleasure. Thanks to you and Fariba. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Marguerite, thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't have more time. Maybe that's we'll okay. I'm so sorry we didn't figure out the the difference with your with your recording. So thank you. No, we'll we'll no get problem, you back soon. No problem. Okay. It was my pleasure. See you. Thank you so much for joining, dear Marguerite. <laughs> thank you for inviting. Bye. 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 My pleasure. Bye. Uh, Bye.
2019. So she was there last year with you. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a group of uh, three ladies from uh -huh. Austria. They were friends. And they were supposed uh, actually uh, to come back this year. Uh, I think next month. <laughs> but the, because of, you know, this uh, coronavirus and other things, they... Well, they decided get to postpone to postpone their trip for next right. year. Yep. Yeah. So you were going to take us in other places around your beautiful city. Show me some more. Sure, sure, sure. Just one minute, please. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I was talking about the underground ch uh, water channel. Uh huh. Uh, you see, it's the entrance here. Okay. Yep. Uh, the the people in the past time used to take the steps down to mm -hmm. reach to the underground water, which is coming maybe from kilometers away from the mountains where we have extra rainfall. So right. we are in the desert. We don't have much rain and we should dig the ground and connect, uh, you know, along channels, maybe something 30 kilometers, 50 kilometers, all you know, underground right. to connect these channels to bring the water from the mountains. So uh, you can you see this small dome? I can see it, yep. Uh, under this dome, there is a container, container of the water. So it is filled by this system, by this uh, canal system. Mm -hmm. And on, on the two sides, you see two towers. Th these are called bot gears or wind catchers. Uh, the air is sucked down. So they are going to cool this uh, water, and also it doesn't let the water to get spoiled. So right. that is the system. It, it, it turns it up, yes. It, it aerates yeah. it, yes. And uh, these wind catchers is not only for the cisterns. You can see, this is my beautiful city. It's yes. all made by adobe, you know, uh -huh. mud, and, mud and straw. And on the top of the roofs, you see this uh, cooling system. It's like a natural AC, and so the people could survive. Wow! <laughs> from the heat. Or another example of the wind catcher. It's another sister. Yep. It has, you know, you see, it has five wind catchers. Mm -hmm. So depending on how big the container of the water. Some has uh, three wind catchers, some have four, some have five, and the biggest one is uh, seven, which I don't have that picture. It's another photo, and you see? I love the blue tile dome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's a special architecture of my city. Uh, it's a very beautiful garden. It's a Persian garden, Dolatobad, in my city. This is mm -hmm. also registered by UNESCO as a Persian garden. Uh, already we have a total of nine gardens, nine Persian gardens in Iran, registered by UNESCO as the Persian gardens, World Heritage Gardens, and two <laughs> of them are in Yazd. Uh, this city is not uh, inside the city. It's a, a small town called mm -hmm. Abarku, and this house has got two towers can you see it's yes. like a dub double yep. double one and is uh, very special now are those were those wind catchers as well or is that just the architecture 
And nowadays, yeah, they still exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the people, they still live in the houses. Wow. Uh, Yaz is considered as the second historical city in the world after Venice in Italy. That uh, wow. the old town, yeah, the old town, uh, the people are still living in the historical houses. Some of these historical houses dates back to more than 700 years, and they're still standing, and people are still living inside. Wow. This is very lovely. Oh, it's my oh favorite my. photo. It's on the roof of one house, uh, and some of these houses, I mean, few, few of these houses, uh, they become like uh, coffee shops. So it's a, like a small coffee shop. Uh, it's very peaceful. There is no sound of traffic. Yes, it's very, very... A peaceful city. This is what uh, almost all the tourists say that we feel relaxed and so peaceful uh, in this city. Oh my goodness, that's that's perfect for me. I need that soon when we get out of this mess. <laughs> it's a lovely to sip a coffee and relax there. That's one of my favorite um, uh, uh, hobbies is just sitting and relaxing with a cup of coffee. So. You got me. Also, uh, yeah, exactly. It's very lovely to be in the alleys and to get lost. It's one mm -hmm. of the top experiences that any tourist can do in Yaz is just to go uh, in the labyrinths, alleys of Yaz, to yes. get lost and to be found again and lost and found again. Oh, it just sounds heavenly. <laughs> You see, it's all made by Adobe. We don't have much rain, so this uh, structure is not going to get damaged easily. Right. And we don't have also earthquake in Yazd. It's one of the safest cities over time. You don't uh, have earthquakes. Ah. No, no. I mean, uh, we had some very few, like 100 years ago. I mean, generally speaking, uh, mm -hmm. and comparing to the uh, the provinces in the neighbors, it, it, it has very, very few airspace over time and very safe. I, I'm getting a feeling of, um, of, of a, like a, a quieter, less um, busy um, Morocco, you know? I'm getting this exactly. feeling of a, a, a just a more, um, not rural because it's a city, but certainly not an overwhelming um, yes. place like some of the more modern Western African cities that look like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good description. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> and this is a lovely, lovely, lovely photo. Uh, it's a citadel. Can you believe it? Yes. People are, uh, are standing on the roof of this citadel. So now when was this citadel uh, built? Uh, this citadel is located in Bafk, as it's written on the top. It's I like see. Uh, yes. It's part of the Yazd province. It's like 100 kilometers uh, southeast of Yazd. And this citadel is about 5th century. Mm -hmm. And we have many of uh, these citadels in this province that are still standing uh, and they were very well preserved over time. You know, gotcha. I mean, after 1,000 years, and they're green. Uh, a very famous let me show you, dear Richard, a famous place is here. Mm -hmm. It's the fire temple 
the second place of the Zoroastrians, if mm -hmm. we talk, is the religion, the minority. The fire uh, in this place is very famous because after 1,500 years, it is still burning and it has never been put off. And this made this fire temple very famous. Uh, so it's open for every visitors to come inside and see the uh, fire. Here is the fire. Can you see? I can. You see, there is a man. He's a Magi or Magi. It's a, like a clergyman. Uh huh. He's a clergyman of this religion, and he's taking care of this fire. Every morning, he adds the pieces pieces of woods. Uh, and he actually keep an eye for this fire not to be put off. And then in the evening, the fire is on, but uh, under the ashes. So the next morning, they repeat adding uh, more woods. And it has a story that uh, the fire temple is only 100 years old, but the fire was not here uh, before. It was uh, like an Olympic torch that made a trip from one <laughs> place to another, from A to B, from B to C, you know, a long trip uh, from one of the um, uh, historical fire temples near the city Shiraz. Shiraz, yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful, lovely city southwest of Iran. And the, city, the fire originally was there, 1,500 years. And little by little, it moved to this beautiful, uh, fire temple and ali are you are you familiar with the um the story in the new testament about the magi that came to visit jesus in bethlehem uh yes not much information but uh they were like i mean a, a young one a middle age and the old ones from yes. like uh, three different races three i mean uh, different yes. colors which represents uh, different uh, nations, different races. It's like symbolic. And yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I find I it powerful. I mean, I, I, I'm a Christian by birth and by faith. And that, uh, you know, we've always tried to study, well, exactly who were the Magi and, and, and were they Christian or were they Jewish or who, who were they and why were they influenced about coming to see this individual? Um, yeah. And for you to show me this religion that I never really understood. I, I when I took Bible study um, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, we did a little bit of historical reference, try to understand that, but I never delved deeper. And, and you've now made that connection for me that, yeah, that they yeah. were definitely Persian of some kind. Um, and yet they felt something stirring in them that they wanted to visit this source, this light, this star, this child, to, to make a connection with love and, and maybe that's what they felt and and that was the reason why they needed to go to to israel to judea um to visit that so thank you so much for for making that connection for me i really appreciate you're the it. most welcome my pleasure yeah yeah uh, uh about uh the zoroastrian uh, this religion is authorized and accepted by the government they have their own representative in the parliament also for the Christians, we have, uh, this is accepted and authorized. They have their own representative in the parliament again. And Jewish too. So these are the religions that they have the book 
the book from God and they believe in unique God and they are very respected yes. uh, by the government and by the people. Uh, so the Muslims and Jewish, Zoroastrian, Christians, they uh, used to live peacefully next to each other, like in the bazaar, trading and things. Uh, and, something we will, I forgot. and we will again. We will again one day because I think we're all coming to the, the realization that we're all yes. the same. We're all seekers of the same thing. So Ali, tell me about the beautiful Muslim tomb there in Yazd. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, le let me again show you the picture. If you can, I would absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So there is a very famous mosque in Yaz as a Jame Mosque. Jame means Friday. Uh -huh. uh, this is this is the special day that the Muslims they they gather to do this special praying on the morning of Friday uh, in the special mosques. Right. Uh, this Jame Mosque uh, exists in many cities and that is the main mosque of the city okay usually the oldest one and the most beautiful one and the biggest one too uh, here you see the beautiful dome of the mosque and this is the facade and you see the two minarets uh, they are 52 meters high they're considered as the tallest uh, minarets in iran okay so usually the mosques, they have minarets. Uh, and the reason the mosque has a mineral is because the person uh, takes the steps up to reach on the top of the mineral and started to sing the religious song of Azan. Do you know about Azan? I don't. Tell me. Uh, Azan uh, is, a, uh, is, a religious, is a religious song to attract the people uh, to reach the mosque to, and uh, to say the prayer. Mm -hmm. So at the moment of saying prayer, like, I mean like sunrise or sunset, uh, which is the time for praying, the people, they go up and they start to yell. Oh, yes. Yes, sing. I do know of that. Yes. Yeah, to sing uh, something like Allah, O Akbar. So this sound is uh, the calling uh, to the mosque. To co the calling, it's calling. To come, yeah, 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 exactly. To come it's and pray collectively. Yes. To come. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Now, and is your mosque is that mosque open to Westerners? Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. All the tourists uh, mm -hmm. they can visit it. And inside the mosque, we have this beautiful mosaic tile architecture. Oh. It's like a puzzle. So. This mosque originally was built in 14th century, and this uh, tiling work is uh, from 16th and 17th century. We first they make the big size. It's like a, imagine a square, square a big square of uh, a tile. So they paint it, they cook it, and after that they uh, make it into small pieces. And finally, uh, they stick it on the wall. That, that is the technique uh, to build the mosaic tiles. Oh. 
I have seen some mosaic tile floors in my travels to Greece, um, uh, to some of the nations in the Adriatic, and uh, it just all strikes me as so similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very special architecture, uh, which surprises, which surprises all the tourists. They, they <laughs> love it so much. Especially uh, Isfahan is uh, uh, another beautiful city in Iran. Mm -hmm. It's like a must see. It's a must see city, which right. is like uh, 300 kilometers north of Yaz. Uh, and uh, once it was a very big and famous capital city of Iran 400 years ago in Safavi time. And when the tourists, they visit the palaces, the mosques there, they got uh, overwhelmed and inspired by the beauty of the tiles there, like yes. And, and that just, I love how you just said that because all of us who have some kind of faith, um, when we have built our temples, when we've built our churches, we all use the same techniques to bring joy, to, to elevate us, you know, whether it's um, uh, Catholic churches with stained glass windows, um, you know, Roman temples with mosaics. You know, we've yes. always all done the same thing as trying to create beauty in a place where we're trying to lift ourselves up and when I think about this whole concept that we came up with over the last two weeks of how travel unites us, that's the significance, is that even though you've done it differently, Iranians, or Zoroastrians, Muslims, have all done it based on your culture and what materials were available in your environment, we've all done the same thing. And, and it's just so lovely for exactly. me to see that now. Do you... What's been the, um, how would you describe when, when Westerners come to Iran and they come to your city? I mean, I know a lot of Westerners who've been to Tehran because yes. it's the capital and it's the place where business is done and it's the easiest place to get to because it's close to the main airport. But people are venturing out, um, you know, 200 miles or so, uh, you know, seven hour drive to your, to your city. Why do you find them coming there? And what do you, how would you describe how many of them experience your beautiful city? Okay, it's a very good question. Actually, uh, in Iran, there is a very famous route. It's called as a classic route for the tourists, uh -huh. which actually their arrival mostly is from Tehran. Okay. Right. So uh, uh, imagine, I don't have a map to show you, but imagine there is a line from Tehran, which is on north. Right. It comes down to Isfahan, which is south of Tehran, right. and then on south of Isfahan is Yaz, and then on southwest of Yaz is Shiraz. Right. So they connect all of these cities as a classic route. You can cover these four cities, um, you need at least eight days or nine days, you know, uh, to see all of the cities. So uh, once you arrive in Shiraz, you will fly back to Tehran. Right to finish your trip, so they connect. These are the must-see uh, cities. Right. That usually, the first trip, the first trip to Iran, they cover this. And uh, usually, the tourists they do not, um, they don't have much interest to visit Tehran, because Tehran is a very, very big city. Right. A lot of pollution, a lot of uh, 
a lot of you know the cars are horny traffic yep traffic is very crazy city <laughs> so they try to spend their time maybe number one is isfahan maybe mm -hmm. i think because you know there are a lot of advertisement from isfahan on the internet right uh, so shiraz is famous uh, for the persepolis this is what iran is known for yes <laughs> The capital city, uh, one of the capital city of the ancient Persian Empire, as Archimedes in 500 BC, yeah. which is like uh, 60 kilometers uh, far from Shiraz, and you need uh, like a whole day to cover this, you know, uh, beautiful city made by uh, rocks and reliefs, and the palaces. Uh, made by the Persian king Darius, Darius the king. So, uh, so Darius was the king who I believe, I'm trying to remember, was he the king? Um, I'm trying to remember how, it's, how he's connected to the Old Testament, to the Bible, but I, uh, I'm going to have to go back. Um, and when Westerners do come and they do the classic route, what has been your experience in how they you know what do they tell you about the experience what do they say to you about the food and the the culture and the um the sights that they're seeing are they surprised is it what they expected are there any significant um you know pieces of of comments that you've received that make you feel good or or make you surprised as a okay. as a person who lives there and wants people to come and enjoy your country Okay, very good question. Let me tell you something very funny. Uh, almost all the tourists say that before I wanted to travel to Iran, all of my friends tell me, are you crazy? You go to Iran, do you want to kill yourself? They will arrest <laughs> you, they will bomb you, they will shoot you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, the lady from Australia said that she told a lie to her mom that I will be traveling to Turkey and not Iran because if she told her mom that she's um, going to visit Iran, for sure the mom will stop her. <laughs> you cannot visit. This is what we call it as Iranophobia, and it was the subject of my thesis that I have oh, for the first time. You did a thesis the on this. Of, the, of the tourism management in university. I worked on this special uh, subject. And that is the main reason which stops the tourists to travel to Iran, because yes. it's all about the media and the negative image. Uh, as you can Google the name Iran, and it's all the pictures of you know atomic missiles, atomic bombs, missiles, war. This is not true, because after a few days, the tourists tell me, oh, oh my God, it's not the Iran that uh, I saw on the internet and the media. And I should come back to tell my friends that Iran is totally safe. People are very friendly. They are hospitable. You see, uh, Iranians, uh, they love to look at the tourists and uh, smile at them. It's like a sending a signal as welcoming them. At first, it, it's a confusion for tourists. They don't understand that why people are looking at them or smiling them. <laughs> but we, as a tourist guides, we explain them that uh, take it as a positive aspect. The people are 
welcoming you. Maybe their English is not good enough. Unfortunately, English is, uh, is not very good in Iran. Only maybe young generation can speak, uh, you know, this language fluently. And uh, uh, yeah, this is very funny. <laughs> Have you seen the documentary that Rick Steves did when he traveled to Iran? And I'm trying to remember, was it was it like 2008, 2009? I forget how long ago it was, but he did a beautiful documentary and he yeah. did cover the, the big cities. Have you seen it? Uh, just partially, mm -hmm. not fully, partially. I saw that and I really enjoyed it. Yes. And, and he, what I took away from his, um, his programming was just how much the Iranian people feel a bond with Americans despite America's role in Iran and, you know, the Shah of Iran and some of the political things that happened, the Iranian people still have an affinity for Americans. Uh, my, one of my oldest cousins um, worked in Iran in yes. 1988, and um, he was aware that um, there was a group of people in Tehran and Iran who were asking the Ayatollah to return. And this gentleman who worked with my cousin David, he said to David, you need to leave. This is not going well. You're, you're my brother. You're my friend. And I need to protect you. And I need to ask you to leave. And he gave David the heads up and said, please, you know, return to America as soon as you can. And David's story to me about that, that, that this man despite everything that had happened, and David was there working for a large company, he's an engineer, um, despite that historical context, they had bound together as, as brothers and friends. And I just, it's always stuck with me how lovely um, the Iranian people truly are. Yes. And I just, I can't wait for all of us to put away our divisions. And I want to come to Yazd, I want to see, <laughs> The, you the will be my special me. guest, dear Richard. You're all you're welcome. <laughs> Actually, uh, what we should do is to separate the political things from people. Yes, Iranian people they do love American people. Okay, uh, this is not my advertisement. This no, is a it's reality. Not. It's it's a reality. Uh, people they love people. There is no uh, there is nothing wrong between the people. Okay, so I, I can see my friends, uh, they are following the Hollywood movies and uh, American accent is something very fashionable, something very <laughs> cool in Iran. Uh, I'm not so sure I appreciate that. I would, I like your accent better than mine. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, my bad English. My your English is perfect. <laughs> I, I should work on it more. But uh, people, young generation, they know NBA. They love basketball. They follow the American celebrities. Yeah. They know them. They have the satellite. And uh, a lot of my friends and also me, they're connecting uh, with American friends on Facebook. Uh, and there is no problem between people. People love yes. them. And I had already some American tourists visiting in Iran like last November, uh, a couple from New York that were like nine days in Iran. Uh, 
it's very easy. The yeah. first question that Americans ask is about their visa. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's very important if they want to travel to Iran. Uh, first of all, I should tell them that uh, they have to be part of an organized tour. Right. The tour should be condu conducted by a uh, eligible uh, travel agency. Okay. Like uh, I have my own travel agency and right. I have the honor that I will be able actually to arrange the visa for the Americans. It takes about 40 days. And it's very easy. It's a very easy process as they just sending their pictures, their passport pictures, their resume. And I, we send them their travel itineraries and the hotels. And after they, uh, you know, they confirm the, the travel uh, itinerary and hotels, we start booking and applying their visa. After 40 days, uh, we receive the code, the special code from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. That's a visa code. And so they will receive the code and they will post their passport with the code uh, to the uh, Embassy of Pakistan in Washington because we have an uh, interest right. section. Iran interest section is in the uh, Pakistan Embassy in Washington. So they easily post their documents there, and after I think like a week, they will receive uh, they will receive uh, their passport with the sticker of visa. Right, it's a very easy uh, process. Rick Steves wrote about that that um, that he had to go through the Pakistani um, embassy, and I think he was in Europe at the time, and that's how he got his processed. Um, and again, what that shows you is that the people are one and the governments just need to talk to each other. We, we just need to get, you know, we just need to come together. Yeah. How about how about your travels, Ali? Do you get to travel much outside of Iran? Uh, no, not really. I've been only to a few countries. Uh, I've been to Armenia, Georgia, Azerbaijan, uh -huh. Turkey. And uh, Thailand. Oh, and Thailand! <laughs> that was the farthest, the, the furthest destination. What did you think of Thailand? It was very lovely. I had a, like a two weeks trip with my friend, like a budget trip, uh, being to the full moon party, being <laughs> 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 to Bangkok, Pattaya, and we had a lot of fun. And yeah. We loved. Uh, we love people. It's there. amazing. Very smiley, very hospitable, very friendly. Yeah. And I really want to uh, come back, <laughs> go back. So there. the last question I try to ask everybody before we sign off is um, if there's one place that you will make an effort to see after the travel restrictions are down, after um, you know this, this craziness of the coronavirus is over, is there a place that's in your heart that you want to see as soon as possible? Uh, you mean me? Yes. Traveling outside Iran? Outside of Iran. Okay. Um, of course, if I could uh, get the Schengen visa for yeah. Europe, which is not an easy thing in Iran, mm -hmm. I would love to visit Europe, especially Paris. Yes. Oh, Paris is lovely. I've been there three or four times, and it's just... Oh, great. At night, there's no city like Paris. There's just none. Yeah. Cool. Ali, I've got to get ready for our next interview. Um, 
I just thank you so much for taking your time out and so proudly showing us your beautiful city. Um, I thank hope that so anybody much. who sees this, that you'll reach out to Ali on Facebook. It's very easy to find him. Um, your website is? It's come to Persia, but uh, be careful. Two is number two, not T-O. Right. So, so it's, it's come, come num number, number two. two. Number two Persia.com. Yep. And uh, we have a, a slogan, uh, which it's our honor, which we say we treat you as a family. Yes. And we really do it. As uh, you can search us on TripAdvisor and to read the comments, we had uh, clients from all, almost all around the world. And they have written their experience traveling with us. Uh, we are working with more than 30 tourist guides and drivers. Mm -hmm. They're all highly professional. And uh, it's, uh, it's my love, actually, to show my city, to show my country. And it's very important that uh, tourists uh, comes to Iran and return home with a, a great feeling. It's not only feeling of the beauty and hospitality, it's also the feeling of uh, actually uh, being safe and very, and very well treated. Yes. And we treat them as a family. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for this chance. It was my honor to introduce my city, and I hope to see you soon. I'm going Iran. to try to make a point of it, and I just got to get over to the Pakistani embassy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, so you Ali. Be safe and be well. My pleasure. Have a nice time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community.